Now here's the situation. This bird has got no electrical and in about two minutes we're all gonna be kissing gravel. So listen to me, you sperm sucker. Either you get off your butt and clear us for landing or I'm gonna fly this podcast right up your socket. It's harmless phosphorescence. everyone this is your host throw smiley and daddy are you sure this is right who's with me this week i'm josh cc and the wood speaks to me i'm not I'm, bedtime story lady i'm andrea martinez cc i'm d Lauston, ready to go i'm brian lesh and i am broadcasting wedged in the tub with 19 other people i'm alaric weber and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and source material, then we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons, patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Go to patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. We got a bunch of bonus content there. We just put up an episode on Jack and Jill, or at least that's what the audio evidence tells me <laughs> the recording of that episode was blurry to say the least um but we've it's got a surprising a- episode because we're genuinely perplexed it's not one of those where like this is horseshit and <laughs> there's a lot of like i i don't get it i don't understand what happened yeah <laughs> how does this happen what is going on and why is it going yeah. of a woman on meth yeah so many uh, that is patreon.com slash harmless entertainment buck a month. Get you going, guys. This week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are watching Tank Girl. It's the year 2033. There's no law. No mercy. You're going to really love this one. Bye. No water. There are three million liters of water underneath the blue dunes, and you will retrieve it. The odds of survival are a thousand to one. And that's just the way she likes it. Hi, my. Talented, isn't she? Hi, feeling a little inadequate? She'll be fun to break. I like pink. Lori Petty. Did I hurt you yet? Ice-T. Turn this boat around or you're gonna get us all killed. And Malcolm McDowell. Just how many of my men did you kill? United Artists Pictures presents... Just say, I won. I won. Tank Girl. What's it like knowing you're about to die? You don't! Tank Girl. It was released on March 31st, 1995. Had a running time of 104 minutes. It cost 25 million bucks and it made 6 million. Wow. Yeah, it was it was a flop. It did not do well. Um I I vaguely I, remember that kind of, I think. Yeah, kind of. 
I'm surprised it didn't have like a strong opening and then fell off because of word of mouth. But like, I'm surprised people didn't give it a shot at least. How did this do on like home viewing, like home cassette sales? Because I have a feeling that having all the music <laughs> made a difference. Who was ever, I wanna, there was one guy keeping track of that. Shit. I mean, yeah. And, and they're not going to make up that extra $19 million, yeah. I'm sure. Cassette oh, sales. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, cassette sales and rentals, I'm sure, helped. It's not, I don't know. That, that information yeah. isn't as easily available on the internet as box offices. Um, <laughs> but that means, everybody, that I think it's time we play the box office top 10 game. This is the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week uh, using the box office mojo descriptions for the most part. And the uh, panel here will try to guess what movie I am describing. We ready, fellas? And Andrea? <laughs> <laughs> yes, man. All right, here we go. The box office for the week of March 31st, 1995. <laughs> this description. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read it. A girl is among the few survivors of a dystopian Earth. Riding a war tank, she fights against the tyranny of a mega corporation that dominates the remaining potable water supply of the planet. Australia? Little women. <laughs> yeah, far and away. <laughs> monkey, monkey, Ted and Alice. Yeah, it's... <laughs> It's tank. Uh, so it opened have... at ten. Yeah. Yeah. It opened and it didn't open well, and it didn't get any better from there. Um, <laughs> because you know, if if you use the word potable in your <laughs> movie synopsis, that's just gonna grab attention. That's it said that on the uh, poster. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> it said she straight. wants some potable water. <laughs> <laughs> Do not it works for Reader's Digest fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, um, opened at number 10. Um, this, we'll talk about it when we get to the production, but the, the, the soundtrack to this had a much longer life than the film itself did. Um, yeah. So at number nine this week, um, (laughs) I'm just going to read this. The lives of two mob hitmen, a boxer a gangster and his wife and a pair of diner bandits intertwine in four tales of violence and redemption. Yep. You beat me to it. Yeah. yeah. I knew it was right away. But still. It was still going strong. Cause it came out in 94, right? Yeah. This is in, in its 25th week of release. Were you wow. there throughout? We're a group of us. When we all lived on second street, we went and saw this. No, I, Josh is, I, I, well, I mean, maybe the second. The first time I saw it was at the De Anza Drive-In, actually. Oh, I see. I just remember because, like, we were so pumped because, of course, nobody had seen anything like that. And I remember us stopping at the um, the Asian food market on Stone and Grant and just getting out of the bus and doing, like, karate moves. <laughs> and, like, it's like, that was badass. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally. Um there were a few movies in the 90s that came out feeling that way. I remember Fight Club, too. I remember coming out and being like, yeah! Yeah. Totally. Um, <laughs> Little Women. <laughs> <Do you remember laughs> yeah. <that? laughs> 
<laughs> Just doing those karate moves. <laughs> Coming out being like, we're going to get married. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Baby. Um, at number eight this week, a young boy refuses to accept his mother's new boyfriend, a lawyer, despite the man's attempts to win his respect. Meanwhile, disgruntled relative of a criminal he prosecuted seeks revenge. Oh, that's a left turn. This star, oh boy. Who's this star? It's a Disney film starring Chevy Chase and Dreamboat Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So this is the movie I thought it was. I did not remember this whole gangster part. So JTT, I was was keeping close track at the time. (laughs) Uh, I believe it's called Man of the House. Indeed it is, yes. Man of the House. Uh, Yeah, the tagline, Jack wants to marry Ben's mother. But there are strings attached. I don't know. That's not I a very the, good tagline. I think the mom was Farrah Fawcett. Mm. I bet being a child and working with Chevy Chase is even more fun. I bet. <laughs> I bet. That's why we. That's why we don't hear from JTT anymore. <laughs> Chevy. Chevy. Chevy broke him. Yeah. No, especially like mid nineties. Uh, uh, career starting to wane extra chip on his shoulder chevy chase oh uh, even on community you know uh, yeah <laughs> anyway so we don't need to talk about three fabulous weeks of the chevy chase show yeah um at number seven this oh this one okay Oof. okay uh three women who have been friends since childhood meet at university in dublin in 1957 Student and boyfriend life begins. Circle of friends. Circle of friends. Yeah. Wow. Andrea coming strong with the Irish Irish period piece chick flicks. (laughs) I was quite the latchkey kid in 1995, and we had that uh, black box that got all the movie channels. So Mm. I saw literally every movie that came out this year. Those black boxes. Yeah. Those were fabulous. <laughs> Game changers. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, let's see. At number six this week, a young social outcast in Australia steals money from her parents to finance a vacation where she hopes to find happiness and perchance love. Tank girl. <laughs> <laughs> Tank top girl. I, I also know this one. It, it's Muriel's wedding. It is Muriel's wedding. Yeah, it's a great one. So yeah, you guys had just graduated the spring before, and this was like so we were living in two. I didn't have much money. I wasn't seeing a lot <laughs> right. of movies. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the big ones, definitely not right. seeing a ton of movies. Yeah. No, we would scrounge up when there was something we really wanted to see. So. Whereas I Muriel's just... wedding. <laughs> I had just hit that summer where I didn't have to be in like day like school summer camp, but was not old enough to get a job. So I literally just watched TV all summer long. My wife's not weirdly younger than me. <laughs> Don't think it's, about that. Six years. That's, six years. That's not that big. It would have been weird no, in '95. Yeah, especially now. Yeah, no. Once once you hit your 30s, six years, it's like eh, whatever. We all 
<laughs> we all have back problems. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm mentally six years old. Um, at number five this week. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um. Oh, uh, let's see. A man and his childhood crush. Um live their lives until she shows up later on with AIDS and a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's Gump. It's Gump. Or a Gump. It's in my head. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those where I avoided watching it till like I held out for a long, long time. Mm. And that summer before everywhere we went in the country, we went coast to coast. Everywhere. No matter who you were talking to. Have you seen Forrest Gump? you seen this? Have you seen that? Have you seen it? Have you read it? <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so Forrest... I haven't read it. Forrest Gump in uh, March of 1995 was in its 39th week of release. Mm-hmm. And had at, and made $321 million. It's, <laughs> it's still at number five after 39 weeks. And to his credit, Tom was so Tom Hanks won the year before for Philadelphia. Yeah, and and he was very honored and proud of that. The next year he won for Forrest Gump, and he was genuinely perplexed. Yeah, no, I remember his <laughs> like going up on stage and being like, "What's happening? Why?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, well, yeah, and no, I mean, and and in Best Picture, it was up against Shawshank and Pulp Fiction, and there were a few others. It's like, what? Why? Why go? Why? Because nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah, nostalgia. Um, yeah. So at number four this week, a big city reporter travels to a small town where her mother has been arrested for the murder of an elderly woman <laughs> for whom she worked as a housekeeper. Oh, uh, uh, Dolores Claiborne. Dolores Claiborne. Oh. Yeah, I I just love how the sentence starts out with like a crazy <laughs> rom com and then murder. Um, at number three this week, a recently discharged uh, a soldier finds himself commanding a group of mismatched cadets. Major Pain? Major Pain. Oh, Major Pain. Yeah, that one I remember. <laughs> Damon Wayans. <laughs> just the poster. Just looking at camera like, ah? He's all, I'm Major Pain. <laughs> He's like, I am a Major Pain, guys. <laughs> See, it's a pain pun. It's a pain. pun name. You get it? <laughs> face off and face off. <laughs> My buddy's dad trained Damon Wayans for that movie, by the way. Oh, wow. Who? My buddy Josh, who I'm staying with right now. Oh, his dad was a drill sergeant for years. <laughs> oh wow, oh, that's awesome. Uh, I was wondering where you were broadcasting from, Brian. Yeah, I just I just missed your major pain, and my buddy goes, "Dude, my dad trained that guy, gave him his swag and everything." It's like, oh, I forgot about that. Holy shit! Here we are talking ass. about it. That's crazy. Yeah, you do kind of look like you're making a hostage. I video. <laughs> I need to hold a newspaper up. Yeah, so, proof of life. I I'm in Kandahar. <laughs> Everything is okay. Please contact the U.S. government hey. on my behalf. 
I'm coming to you from Kandahar. <laughs> they are still allowing me to podcast. <laughs> they respect I, international they are podcast patrons. You'd be surprised. Yeah. We're 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 big. Isis in, was in like, in "What movie country. is this week? What movie is it? Tank Girl? All right." <laughs> also, Tank Girl filmed in Yuma. Just got to say, I'm in Yuma. Yeah, and in Green Valley. And in Green Valley, and we're all Green we're all representing Tank Girl. Yeah. In our yeah. Own ways. Yeah, Tank Girl had an impact on our local economy. Al is wearing kangaroo makeup. Or is it makeup, Al? I can't tell. It looks so real. (laughs) You just muted yourself, buddy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's, it's, I've recently mutated. Excellent. It looks great. (laughs) Congratulations. Yes. Looking forward to the gender reveal party. Yeah, what are your new pronouns? <laughs> kangaroo, kangaroo, <laughs> kangaroo. Um, at number two this week, army doctors struggle to find a cure for a deadly virus spreading throughout a California town that was brought to America by a monkey. monkey. Outbreak. outbreak. Yeah, <laughs> this is a necessary must-watch at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Starring- the outbreak monkey. Yeah, and no, Dustin the monkey's Hoffman. on the poster. In a little, oh, I know. No, no, the the poster's hilarious because it's um it's Dustin Hoffman, Renee Russo, <laughs> Morgan Freeman, like the fr- floating heads, and then yeah. just in the middle, a little square cut out with the monkey going. Ah! Wasn't that uh, wasn't that little capuchin like the star of six movies over like two years? It might have been the same guy we that did was in Monkey Shun. It might have been the one that was in Friends. I don't know. No, it is. It is the one from Friends. It's the, it, same it's the one from, from Friends, Friends. Yes. But is that the same monkey from Monkey Shines? I don't the know. The actual same monkey? No. 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 Too too long. And that might be like the child of that monkey. Well, and if, you, if you're interested in this conversation, listen to our. Yeah, it's a nepo baby. The nepo <laughs> monkey baby. Well, they were not casting the last capuchin on our. <laughs> we got monkey supplies like. Uh, our monkey supplies are low. <laughs> we gotta get this one. Uh, and Nepo. number one opening at number one this week. After his auto parts tycoon father dies, an overweight, oh, underachieving son Tommy teams up. Boy. Yes, indeed. Right. Yeah, Chris and Davy, Farley and Spade. Doing that thing they do. And that is the box office top 10 for the week. Uh, that brings us. Muriel's wedding! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Represent. <laughs> that brings us to the character background Al. Oh, that's me. That is you. Tank Girl is from some comic, some funny papers. Tell us about it. Okay, uh, Tank Girl was created by artist Jamie Hewlett and writer Alan Martin. The first Tank Girl story appeared in the debut issue of the British comic magazine Deadline, a forum for new comic talent, published October of 1988. So I'm, it's interesting. So 88 to 95, like that's one of the fastest like character creation to, to, feature film turnarounds I think we've had. Mm. Um, 
as you'll see, maybe it was even a little shorter. Um, just from audience perspective. Anyway, um, Tank Girl became quite... Uh, wait, wait. Tank Girl stories continued to be published in Deadline until the magazine ended in November of 1995. Tank Girl became quite popular in the politicized indie counterculture zeitgeist as a cartoon mirror of the growing empowerment of women in punk rock culture, a symbol of female rebellion, social upheaval, and rejection of restrictive standards. Tank Girl became the cartoon figurehead in protests against the then Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher's anti-homosexual legislation known as Clause 28, and in London there were even weekly lesbian gatherings called Tank Girl Nights. Hmm. Fun. In the UK, Penguin Books bought the rights to collect the deadline strips as a comic book, and in the US, Dark Horse Comics won the publishing fight to do the same. Um, the cover of Dark Horse's Tank Girl number one, published May of 1991, features Tank Girl sporting her iconic missile bra. So, unless you were in the UK, uh, or getting comics, getting deadline comics from shipped from the UK as an American, um, you weren't really introduced to this character until 91. Wow. Yeah. So public consciousness, as far as like the US is concerned, like just like four, five, four years. Wow. Um, I discovered that first issue, number one and number four, uh, I, the, the plastic sleeves still have the Bookman sticker on them. Um, and they were both the, the the resale stickers were dated 1992, so that that's around when uh, I discovered it. And um, being at Bookman's, uh, issue number one cost me 225, and issue number four cost me a buck fifty. <laughs> Two dollars and fifteen cents. <laughs> uh, you have to remember, though, um, kids. For those of you too young to remember. That in the 90s, that was, uh, you know, the equivalent to buying three ox and a house. <laughs> that was $27 American. Right. Um, Vertigo Comics published two, two four-issue Tank Girl stories in 1995. Um, after Dark Horse or uh, stopped reprinting. I believe, and around the time that uh, the deadline strip came to an end. Artist Jamie Hewlett went on to create the band Gorillas with Damon Albarn of Blur. Um, so if you're familiar with Gorillas, uh, probably recognize that look. After a long hiatus, Tank Girl returned to comics in 2007 with Alan Martin writing again and has appeared regularly in comics since. Just not to butt in, but really quickly, uh, it's really interesting the um, Damon Alburn and um, uh, what what is the, the, the comic creator? Or Jamie Hewlett. Jamie Hewlett, that's right. Um, didn't like, they didn't seek, like Damon Alburn didn't seek him out and say, hey, I want to make a comic band. They were roommates <laughs> for some reason while <laughs> Blur already existed. 
<laughs> and they're like just hanging out. We're like, hey, what if we do that? That'd be fun. I'm glad they did. That, that is fun. The comic's irreverent style is heavily influenced by punk visual art, with the strips being frequently disorganized, anarchic, absurdist, and psychedelic, with very little interest or regard for conventional plot or committed narrative. <laughs> Are we talking about Dick Tracy? Yeah. Still? <laughs> uh, the strip takes place primarily in futuristic Australia, um, not post-apocalyptic Australia, just futuristic. Hmm. Is there a difference? <laughs> like, yeah, honestly, it's awesome. Like, oh, good. So the, there was no mention of a comet hitting the, the planet. It was mm. just us. We did it. We made this planet. You, we made the you future. Blew it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got some uh, character bios uh, for those appearing in the movie. Um, thanks to Wikipedia, whoever compiled these bios... I love you. It was I, me. I, I, I want to have your baby. Happy early birthday. Uh, Tank Girl's real name is Rebecca Buck, though this is rarely mentioned, and it was much later discovered that she was born Fonzie Rebecca Buckler. Hmm. <laughs> According to Tank Girl, her first words were cauliflower penis. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> <At> age... <laughs> <laughs> it's when you've been punched in the penis so many times. <laughs> Too many, yeah. <laughs> At age seven, she started a collection of novelty pencil sharpeners, now housed in Sydney in the National Museum of Modern Pencil Sharpeners. <laughs> she later became a tank driver and bounty hunter before shooting a highly decorated officer, having mistaken him for her father and failing to deliver colostomy bags to 92-year-old Australian President Hogan resulting in his public embarrassment at an international trade conference. Wait, is that Paul Hogan? <laughs> Paul Hogan? Uh, yeah, I think that's... Yeah. Probably. Paul Hogan. President Dundee? Mm-hmm. How are you going to be a bounty hunter and uh, drive a tank? <laughs> actually, in the... In the first... I, I reread uh, the issues one through four yesterday. Um, in the, the very first story, where she's hunting down a... A kangaroo, an outlaw kangaroo. Uh, she mentioned President Dundee, and then in the next itch, the next story, it was President Hogan. So yes. Uh, so, <laughs> the, so these events resulted in Tank Girl becoming an outlaw with a multi-million-dollar bounty on her head. Tank Girl can pilot any kind of tank. She is prone to random acts of sex and violence, hair dyeing, flatulence, nose picking, <laughs> vomiting, spitting, swearing, and more than occasional drunkenness. I mean, other than the tank thing, I, I know. <laughs> yeah, I identify I with this character more than any other superhero. I am her. <laughs> also, Tank Girl has the ability to outrun any ice cream van. <laughs> Moving on to Booga. A mutated kangaroo, formerly a successful toy designer of products of, quote, products Santa would have sacrificed reindeer for. A toy designer? <laughs> Cocaine? Yeah. A toy designer, yeah. Uh, presently, Tank Girl's devoted boyfriend, 
They met when his kangaroo scooter gang tasked him to sneak into her tank one night to pinch a pair of her knickers. He is a big Dame Edna fan and once impersonated Bill Clinton. Rest hmm. in peace. He's not uh, exactly a lightweight. Booga always does the cooking, um, even when he doesn't want to, under orders. Uh, follows Tank Girl everywhere and by his own admission, does whatever she tells him, including murder. Um, Subgirl's bio is a little shorter. Um, Subgirl, real name unknown, although a trading card for the film once listed her real name as Sabrina. <laughs> Described as, quote, like a beautiful flower floating in the loo, she pilots a submarine. A friend of Tank Girl since childhood, she used to come around her house with Jet Girl and try on her mom's underwear. And and Jet Girl, real name unknown, a talented mechanic who flies a jet. All of her friends call her boring, and she has admitted to being a big fan of Rod Stewart. Okay. Ooh. <clears throat> Somebody's got to be, I guess. Well, the uh, first step is admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was one more um, that I realized upon watching the film a second time, um, sort of. So in the movie, we have Sergeant Small, mm. um, not John Travolta. <laughs> not the um, love child of John Travolta and Jim Carrey. <laughs> right. Um, so he was in the comics, too. Um, he was the he was the commander who or sergeant, a commanding officer who assigned colostomy bag delivery to Tank Girl. Um, then uh, he killed himself on a mission trying to kill her uh, rather than be crushed by her uh, magically growing breasts. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. I mean... So um, what he, about King Koopa... Uh, Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> nope. That uh, character wasn't. Yeah. No, no mention of Kessley. He, he was. Um, it, I, Do you know who the character was that they were interspersing with his shots? Because they were doing the comic book thing. There was like a man in a suit. Yeah. Like a, he was taking the toll or driving the train or something. I don't know. A lot of these, um, yeah. a lot of the comic frames were drawn specifically for the movie. Yeah. That makes sense then. I really liked some of the animated sequences quite a bit. It made me kind of want a fully animated Tank Girl movie. I think it would have been a much better movie if it were fully animated in that style. God, we, well, we probably would never shut up about it if it all looked like that. Oh, my God, yeah. Because this is way cooler than heavy metal, and people don't oh, shut yeah. up about heavy metal. Oh, uh, I forgot the most important part. Sergeant Small in the comics... His name was Sergeant Small Unit. Ah. Hey. Uh, well, thanks, Al. That is our character background, which brings us to the film production. So um, this movie was directed by uh, Rachel uh, Talele. Um, she w was the one who brought it to fruition. She found the comic. Um and decided to try to get it made. She was the director and writer of Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, 
1991's Freddy's Dead. She also, uh, and that's the uh, what she was working on when she found this comic. Um, in between, she made the Ghost in the Machine. <laughs> um, and uh, she was also, let's see, she did a lot of, she had some production on um, a lot of Doctor Who stuff and a lot of television. She did a lot of production and um, directing in television. Um, she was also a producer on uh, Hairspray and Crybaby. Nice. Yeah. Cool. And The Borrowers. Hmm. Um, so she real made quick. the anime Ghost in the Machine? No, no, no. You're thinking of Ghost in the Shell. Oh, Ghost, I'm thinking of Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Machine like... was a uh, one of the, like, uh, the 13th floor, like one of the, like, 90s okay. cyber Tech thriller. thriller. Yeah, kind of things. Techno thriller, um, holy shit! Nineties techno thrillers are a subgenre I would love to explore sometime. Yeah, because it was you, it was between that like seventies eighties like AI robots taking over and m- moving on to the it's in the net. Yeah, <laughs> everything's in the net. In the, yeah, 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 no Johnny Mnemonic like every, like all that exactly. Do um, you have a Tom Astor in your list of people to talk about? Um, I don't. So he he was Tom Astor. He was the publisher of Deadline Magazine. Um, He began looking for a studio uh, to make a film adaptation of Tank Girl as early as 1988. So he was, but uh, Talele came to it independently. She did. Yeah. Um, Yeah. She, um, apparently her stepdaughter gave her a, uh, Tank Girl comic to read. Um, so yeah, she basically just decided to shop it around. Um, they hired on, uh, Teddy, uh, Serafian, uh, to screenwrite it. Uh, Teddy Serafian, uh, this was his first film, uh, writing credit. However... Uh, his uh, dad is married to Robert Altman's uh, sister, so uh, he's an- another Nepo baby. Um, of course. After this, he went on to do, uh, let's see, something called The Road Killers, oh, <laughs> starring uh, Christopher Lambert. Mm. Um, he had a, a Highlander. <laughs> yeah, he had an uncredited uh, rewrite on Rush Hour. Uh, he has a story by credit on Terminator 3. Doesn't have a ton of writing credits, but um, those are the most prominent. And our cast. Let's see. So originally, um, they they held open auditions for the role of Tank Girl. And by all accounts... Two to three of the Spice Girls met each other waiting in line for Tank Girl auditions. And No can, way. You can actually see video of Victoria Beckham and Jerry Halloway standing in line next to each other at this audition. Crazy. That's incredible. I, I don't yeah. know if you guys know this about me, but when I was a small child, I was a big Spice Girls fan. I, I did didn't not know any of their names, child. but I love their music. I loved um, their talent. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, 
as as stupid as it is to say, I love the music, man. I dance to that shit all the time with all the little girls in my class. I I would go to their houses and we'd be dancing at their houses and stuff. I love the Spice Girls. Let it be known. I I visited England in the uh, in 1997, and it was incredible. (laughs) The Spice Girls were everywhere, just like. The the their movie was coming out soon, and every single inch of London was was plastered with spice, <laughs> and all the spices they brought. It, it was yeah, it was the most spice that, <laughs> the most spice that had. England has ever had. Yeah, the East Indies. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, why all the dishes are bland again. So Brian, I have to know because if you if you played Spice Girls with your friends, that means that you claimed which Spice Girl you were. Oh, oh that's true. sporty you, spice, Abby. Oh, Abby. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was quarter pounder spice. <laughs> I was brainy spice. <laughs> if you want to be my, I need to sit down. Um, they originally cast um, English actress Emily Lloyd in the uh, title role. And see what she looks like. Um, she, I, I looked her up. She would have been good at the time. Um, she would have been very good. Um, I think. But um, it seems almost made for Laurie Petty. So it does. It does. Emily Lloyd. She was uh, in uh, oh, like there was I an see. 80s indie film she was in called Wish You Were Here, where she played like a crazy zany lady that loved sex. So um, she definitely it was in her wheelhouse. Um, Tank Girl was. But she. So there was a bit of controversy. She was. Uh, the Talele, the director, says she fired Emily Lloyd because she, Emily Lloyd refused to cut her hair for the role. Emily <laughs> Lloyd says that she was um, fired because uh, Talele thought she was having sex with the writer Seraphian. I believe Talele and Seraphian may have been romantically linked at the time. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, that's Emily Lloyd says to Lele fired her because she thought she was getting with her man. Um, it wasn't, but it wasn't that haircut. It wasn't the shave all of your head except for the edges of it. Yeah, right? I mean, was that the haircut? Spot. I had a hard haircut. time determining what actually was happening with the hair, but I thought that all but the outside fringes yeah. had been shaved. Yeah, exactly. I, but I don't know if I would do that for money either. I mean, <laughs> Lori Petty. I've done it for free. I mean, yeah. this, this movie didn't succeed, financially did not succeed with Laurie Petty, who was a known uh, actress, mm-hmm. like, in the main role. So I can't imagine, like, it would it would have been, like, straight to video if, if it had also yeah. been an unknown actress. Exactly. It would have had no time in the box office. Exactly, yeah. Laurie Petty was probably responsible for, like, three of that $6 million just by herself. <laughs> um, apparently there was a lot of people that wanted cameos in the film um, it was settled um, though that uh, only Iggy Pop who did appear was going to be uh-huh. in there and Bjork was supposed to play Subgirl but she dropped out um, so our cast uh, like we said Lori Petty of course, played Tank Girl. Um, we 
Let's see. We have talked about Lori Petty before on our Patreon in Point Break. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also in Free Willy, League of Their Own, which we'll be doing. We'll be covering League of Their Own in a few months on the Patreon. She's in Station Eleven and incredible. Oh, in it. that's right. She's the one of the yeah. best parts of it. She's the composer for the big traveling troupe. Yeah, she there's was also there's another show she did within the last couple of years. It was Orange is the New Black. Oh, she was on uh, that. And right. she was great on that as well. She oh, was in yeah. her full Lori Petty dumb. Yeah. She's a pro. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's great. Um Naomi Watts played Jet she- Girl. She got Weinsteined, right? That's why Lori we heard Petty. all about her, and yeah. then we didn't hear about her. Yeah, Lori Petty got Weinsteined. Um, yeah, t- uh, Naomi Watts played Jet Girl, a very early Naomi Watts role. Um, yeah. She'd go on to, you know, be much more well-known, Mulholland Drive. She was in the, the Peter Jackson King Kong movie. She was in Birdman. Um, uh, this... I would not have if I had not known it was Naomi Watts. I would not have recognized her in this. I like the old nose. I like old nose Naomi Watts. I never realized this was her before. This I the, I this Naomi Watts is just so charming and yeah I yes. I, oh, I instantly had a crush too, on yeah. her. Absolutely yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, Malcolm wait, wait, was she was she married to Heath Ledger? No, 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 that's, that's um, Michelle Williams. Yeah. Oh, Michelle, I always get the. She was married to Leah Schreiber. Mm. She has a couple kids with him. Now she's with another actor, but I can't remember. We Billy Crud up. up. You said. Oh yeah. Looked it up last night. Crud up. <laughs> um. Uh, Malcolm McDowell as Kelly. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell, the former Mister Steenburgen. <laughs> he'll do. Yeah. He'll do any role. He'll take any role. He'll man. take. Any role, his and 90, I love it. His '90s villain roles were incredible. Uh, generations, yeah, generations, yeah. yeah. <laughs> From this time, he's on the Nicolas Cage uh, paycheck game in the '90s. Yeah, it was. I, it's just occurred to me: is, is he kind of a British um, Dennis Hopper? Oh, yeah. He did make me think of King Cooper from the first live action Mario, but yeah, yeah, sort of that ilk, like. He'll do that, or but every now and then, maybe something a little higher echelon. But then, but then yeah, the that's crow. a great description. Like you just need someone who looks both dignified and menacing. If yeah. you want them to be British, Malcolm McDowell. If you want them to be American, Dennis Hopper. Yeah, well, and is willing to Wait chew up the scenery. This is like straight up Dunkachino levels of crazy. Oh god. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just once he be, once he became a cyborg, it was, all bets were off. I'm looking at his '90s. Filmography, it's incredible. A movie called Disturbed. Um, let's see. Uh, the the man who wouldn't die. Cyborg three. <laughs> Generations. Wing Commander three. The second greatest story ever told. <laughs> <laughs> that was The Godfather. Uh, oh my god, he was in that live-action Fist of the North Star movie. Oh my god, that thing's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. Oh my god. we sh- That that would be fun sometimes, because that thing is insane. Um, Kids of the Round Table. Oh my god. Yeah, he did anything. Wing Commander 4, The Price of Freedom. Oh, Malcolm. Wasn't um, he a TV villain in the early 2000s? He did a couple of shows. I'm sure he did. His IMDb oh. is gigantic. Um, 
man worked. Um, did we mention Clockwork Orange? Yeah, we I mean, did. We yeah, didn't yeah. Give him I mean, that's for of course. His, I think we've his breakout role. I think we've covered him before. I can't think of what it was on, but I'm fairly certain he's been in. We've talked he's, about. Yeah, him. he had to have been in a comic book movie at some point. Something somewhere, right? I mean, the man works. Um, let's see, Ice T, as <laughs> you say. <laughs> 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 Okay, this I just his... want to... Sh- go ahead, honey. Go ahead. Thank you. I was going to say this was his first cop role. Yeah. It's like, wait a yeah. minute. Are you trying to tell me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it nice. Um, <laughs> One of the funniest things I'd ever read from Twitter was... Um, <laughs> for some reason, I see was talking about bagels. And he's like, I would never eat a bagel. And some nerd was like, well, in episode, in season, blah, blah, a special victims unit, you ate a bagel. And Ice-T's response was, acting, bitch. <laughs> uh, man. Um, okay, so yeah. Uh, Jeff Kober as Booga. Don Harvey as not John Travolta, Sergeant Small. Um, and Cusack, a uh, brother of Joan and uh, um, uh, John, John. <laughs> as Subgirl, Iggy Pop played Ratface. Hey, Anne Cusack is currently playing Starlight's mother in The Boys. Oh, wow. I did not realize that was her. Yep. Um, Doug Jones was also a ripper. Doug Jones. James Hong. Renowned character actor James Hong as the guy that makes Malcolm McDowell a cyborg. <laughs> yeah. Um Scott Coffee <laughs> as Donner, that's another ripper. Stacy Lynn Ramsauer as Sam. That's my bud. Um yeah. I, I went to uh junior high and high school with Stacy Ramsauer. Okay. Um, her dad's her, a mechanic here in town. Yes, yeah, he's a good mechanic. If you guys need he's a good mechanic, <laughs> go to go to Ramsauer Automotive. Um, she might want to correct her IMDb just based on her being your friend. It says she was born in '74. That doesn't seem <laughs> accurate. No, uh, she had her uh, 40th birthday party earlier this year. Yeah, I wanted to go, but my dad was sick. But uh, yeah, she was in. Um, she she was just in like a swap of things right right then. She was also one of the babysitters in the babysitter club. Oh wow! And then uh, she played. Uh, she was in uh, the Quick and the Dead. She was like the younger version of uh, Sharon, Sharon Stone. Stone. That's another yeah. one I'd love to cover on this show. <laughs> Quick and the Dead is amazing. I would like to do random westerns. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that one, like specifically, um, the, the oh yeah, the raminess of it is incredible. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Yeah, yeah, such a good movie. Also, since we're on a podcast, I'll do a shout out. Stacy currently has a podcast called Sacred Body with Stacy Ramsauer, oh. in which she discusses sex positivity and things like that. Nice, that's so, me. Check it out, everybody. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, that about covers it. Oh, Billy L. Sullivan as Max. That's, uh, what was that? Boyfriend? No. 
I don't know. Maybe that was, I don't know who Max was. Who the fuck was Max? Um, we had a uh, pre-politics Richard Schiff. Mm. Yes. Yes, we did. He got blown up. Toby. Toby. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, the sound. Uh, supposedly our former roommate and friend Jared was in it. I, he showed me one time pointed himself out, but I couldn't see him. This where time. Where was he? I think where well obviously whenever there were shots of the mine mm-hmm. down in Duval um, down in Green Valley because I'm because he lived in Tucson so he was an extra there yeah like it was just a group of like post okay or apocalyptic guys or the future future guys <laughs> yelling. just future guys yeah um, Great to know the soundtrack as I mentioned before kind of outlived the uh, movie um, and it's impact. Um, it was put together by Courtney Love. Um, she could have played Tank Girl. Yeah, she, she could have. Definitely could have. I don't understand why she didn't play Tank Girl. That was oh, my question Lori... at the end of the the credits. Was like, why not Courtney Love? She'd have been wild in this role. This was, was filming. She wasn't acting yet. I think this was filming in spring of 1994, and she did have something else going on at that time. So, had had Kurt already died? That was when it was filming, spring of oh, okay. April 1994. So that, Kurt died. That makes yeah. sense. Um, but uh, yeah. So she curated the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, immediately following his death, curated the soundtrack. I don't know. Um, she did provide, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Hole did do, um, provided a song for it as well as, uh, curating the soundtrack. The Joan Jett, Paul Westerberg version of Let's Do It, Let's Fall in Love is one of my favorite versions of that. It's so good. It's It's so good. good. Um, and we've talked about this before, but, uh, and we just watched this Encino Man recently, and that was another soundtrack, like the Wayne's World singles. But yeah, we're like, they did just as well with their soundtracks as the box offices. Did. 90s or more. 90s um, soundtracks are, are like a really, really incredible like genre of album. Genre. Yeah. Days and Confused. Yeah. yeah. But I, I mean, as uh, Adam Scott says in Parks and Rec, it, it's like my favorite directors made a little playlist for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and this one, it includes Bjork. We have Army of Me on there. Uh, Devo, The Girl You Want. We've got L7. Um, there's a Bush song. Uh, Rhodes, Portishead. Really good Portishead yeah. song is on there. Uh-huh. Belly is on Baruch there. Salt. Baruch Assault. Um, Ice-T has one on there, of course. <laughs> It's an explainer song, too. It's the most out of place part of this entire movie. And there are talking kangaroos. Yeah. He's a a pretty shrewd businessman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could tell that that was a part of the agreement. You could tell when Ice-T had creative control. (laughs) Like the scene where the kangaroos are all dancing around and he's the only person in the room sitting in a chair. You know he was like, fuck that, I'm not... No, but both our <laughs> early '90s gangs, gangster rap ice guys turned out to be very shrewd businessmen. Cube and tea and all the beverages. That... Yeah, if my ever... favorite line from the Ice Tea Explainer song was, "She's got holes in her nose, way out clothes." <laughs> we all have oh, holes ice. in our nose. Ice. 
else in our notes. If I could only come up with the rhyme that says, in a major way. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so uh, as we said, it did not uh, do well at the box office. It got 40% on Rotten Tomatoes and Siskel and Ebert named it one of the worst movies of 1995. Okay, and I'll pass the plate to I get inspired. Okay, that's terrific, and we'll sing a hymn together. Oh, I'd love to hear that. Okay, my choice in the stupid superhero category is Tank Girl, which starred the usually effective Lori Petty in a bizarre futuristic fantasy about a desert world where Tank Girl lives outside the system and encounters the kangaroo-like mercenaries called the Rippers. Like what are you doing here? Is it true what they say about guys with big shoes? Yeah. You ask your question, answer it. Hey, I have two words for you. Brush your teeth! I think the problem with both Judge Dredd and Tank Girl was that they voted all of their attention to the special effects and not enough to the characters and the story. I'm repeating go. myself. Yes, it's like are. a broken record. Yep. They build these amazingly wonderful, beautiful sets. It all looks like, you know, a real world out there. Yep. And into that world, they put nothing. No ideas. No characterization. No motivation. No witty dialogue. Nothing. We've said the titles. We don't want to give them any more screen time. Coming up next, more turkeys from 95. Lousy movies with good actors. Bad career move movies are next. <laughs> they did not like it. Wasn't that for that. Stands, no. Yeah, it stands to reason. They were way too old for Tank Girl in 1995. Um, I do also have a few uh, letterboxed reviews. Let's see. The masked N-word writes... I saw this movie when I was seven. The only thing I remember was being really confused and wondering if Tank Girl fucked that kangaroo. I'm 29 now, and now I realize she did. She did fuck that kangaroo. Five stars? <laughs> Two stars. Thanks to years of therapy, I now know. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Elo Luvisa writes, If I had seen this as a child, I would have come out way sooner. <laughs> okay, I'm five stars. stars. <laughs> yes, so that was a good thing. I see. Gazo Lin writes, "Oh, to be a bisexual girl with a tank in a post-apocalyptic world." Five stars. <laughs> um, Nate's online writes, "I was in the mood for a '90s trash movie, and while this checks that box, I don't know if I was prepared for all the kangaroo fucking." <laughs> <laughs> How do you prepare? Yeah, half a star. And Ruinous Humanas writes, This movie reinforces the stereotype that white women love fucking animals. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if that's a white woman thing or if that's just, uh, that's what people want to watch white women do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a male sex fantasy, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I guess. Uh, yeah, I don't maybe. The kangaroo is very niche. Too. I guess furry. <laughs> yes, kangaroo fucking it's is a, a very, very specific bipedal animal. It's a very niche subsection of Pornhub. <laughs> well, and there's an element of danger. Have you seen kangaroos? Their yeah. upper body strength is fucking insane. <laughs> they look like MMA fighters. Yeah, they, they get do. punched in the head. Yeah. 
Yeah. Give me an, an animal I can stand a chance with. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> At least they weren't centaurs or something. <laughs> I, I'll give them credit for the kangaroo being unique. Yeah. And, well, and the um, the 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 kangaroo makeup outfits, whatever they were in this, were were were. were at least they were they look they looked good at least on screen they could have been worse it could have yeah. been they're so in the worse. the ninja turtle level of uh mild horror yeah you know it's a little freaky to look at them you don't want to look too it long is. you kind of like please put a human being back in the scene so i can look at their <laughs> totally again. yeah don't leave me here with them alone on the <laughs> don't leave me here. yeah let's keep in mind this is not a post-apocalyptic yeah, this is just what's going down in ten yeah. years. Can we just? I, I'm I'm on team kill all the kangaroos though because they're <laughs> they're sentient and yeah they have technology. Yeah, we went too far. Why um, didn't we choose? Yeah. I'm team humanity. Let's stop this before it gets carried <laughs> Let's away. Let's make that clear. <laughs> so sorry, Tank Girl. In the original ending of this, which I was kind of waiting for, and I'd forgotten it just kind of ends and then there's some animation and it's just done um did have it had sub girl helping them fight the uh the uh uh, water and power at the end and then they run outside and it starts raining like it's like the bit like there's actually a payoff for the whole raining thing oh Mm -hmm. so it's like dune at the end yeah the movie the yeah yes um um but the (laughs) studio uh, didn't like it and cut it out. I don't know why. It's weird. Um, I mean, it's not going to make up that lost revenue, but it would have made the movie a little better. Yeah. yeah. It would have been an ending. It would have right. at least been yeah. an ending instead of instead it just... Of a the movie Python just kind of stopped. It didn't end, per se. It just stopped. Um, and there was a scene they cut with a naked ripper suit, including a ripper penis that no. was in a pictures post-coital. It was filmed. It was filmed, so they exist somewhere. <laughs> Used, um, there was a post-coital scene in which Tank Girl and Booga were having some pillow talk. No, no. and his his dong is out. He's just it's, like, yeah. I guess. Dong? No, his Joey. I don't know if Joey. he was covered by a sheet or what, but they made the penis. It, it retreats back into the pouch, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. Does that have like a hook on the end or something weird too? Oh, it's like a duck penis. It's like Superman's something? dick. Like, it's not a human penis. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a corkscrew. Oh, that's about it, everybody. Are we ready to jump into the film? I want to talk about kangaroo dicks more. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't want to miss Baywatch. Here we go. This is Tank Girl. We open with a comic book credit sequence. Then we get a voiceover. Tank Girl tells us it's the year 2033. Um, and everything looks like what we're actually about on track for. Honestly. I was going to say. It's the third term of a Biden presidency. That <laughs> <laughs> would be the fourth term at this point. He has a holographic yeah. head. Woke libtards have turned the world into a wasteland. Everyone's the gay, gay. And transgender. Yeah. Um, there's been a decade-long global drought after a comet hit Earth. 
The entire planet's a desert. And what little water remains is controlled by an evil corporation called Water and Power. That all actually tracks. I like the comet thing because it could go either way, I guess. A comet could bring water or it could cook off all the water on your planet. Right. But it's so charming that back then they still needed to cook up a reason. Right. Now you wouldn't even have to say comet. It's just like, there's no more water. Yeah, there's no more water. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yep. they've been telling us that it's it's very close. 2040 is supposed to be the year that, like, yeah. we can no longer reverse the damage we've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You make this movie today and it would just go, due to capitalism, the world <laughs> right. is yeah. destroyed. Ten years from now. Yeah, it's ten years from now. Just fill in the blanks. <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. I think they did make this movie. It was called An Inconvenient Truth. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, you know, that was the problem with Al Gore while well, no one caught on. <laughs> well, it was no, it was that Al Gore him. chose himself yeah. to be the spokesman. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Should have, like, I don't know, the Spice Girls or Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know. <laughs> Mr. Al Gore is Tank Girl. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Gore. Since I didn't win the presidency, <laughs> Mr. Gore is going to talk very slowly for three hours. I'm boring. That's why I think he's went shit, because I'm boring. I, I, I have a weird view of Al Gore, because I grew up, my mom was in, had an environmental science degree and loved Al Gore. So I love Al Gore. I think oh, he's we, very entertaining. I love Al Gore, too. We all I love Al Gore, yeah. I love his yeah. affect. I love the way he talks super slow, but he's so easy to make fun of. No, and big Al fan. Not the president. Not That's so much Tipper. Tipper can yeah. kind of oh, suck yeah. it. Tipper I, Gore can go Tipper. I want Al Gore to leave his wife and go hang out with Jay Leno and like drive cars and ride motorcycles oh, around. No, I don't care what it is. Yeah. That's what I want from him. Yeah. I want to see him on TV making jokes terribly. Oh he my God. If you ever want to, to like, like, you know, imagine like, what would I do with time travel and shit like that? Like go back and watch like Al Gore's speeches from like the 2000 uh, convention of mm-hmm. and what he had planned for his platform and like and then just imagine imagine that world oh my god well i mean i i, I have so many questions about that that world what does al gore that, do that after 9 11 yeah you yeah. know oh, we probably wind up in the same world cuz i don't know been, that there would have been a 9 11 that's fair that's fair i don't know that al gore had any designs Bush. well right any yeah. designs on the muslim yeah. world which, right, you know, the Bushes already had well established that you know they tried to murder my father. Muslims. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't. I mean, whether or not he could have stopped nine eleven, the aftermath. Yeah. Oh no, not yeah, yeah. The aftermath one hundred percent would have been extraordinarily different. Mm-hmm. I don't know though. I, I I don't know. I I think that the left in our country wants to go to war just as much as the right. Well, Neo, I'm, well, I'm very uh, cynical when it comes to as, international. Yeah, as, it wouldn't the, it wouldn't the have Clintons happened. Did for sure, yeah. but I don't know that he cared as much. For I mean, sure. it wouldn't have happened at all because the planes would have been solar powered, and it was. A <laughs> <laughs> they would have just sort of bumped into it and fallen down. <laughs> All it would have taken was scrambling some jets, and there's nobody's ever explained why. He well, didn't well, the minister of you know the minister of uh, or minister, minister of truth, <laughs> the minister of truth. No, the the <laughs> secretary of uh, transportation, Ed Begley Jr., who he would have appointed. <laughs> he would have appointed <laughs> that one just car just driving around the country. <laughs> In the Simpsons, when Ed Begley Jr. Has the vehicle that runs off his own sense of self-satisfaction. <laughs> yep. So celebrate good times. I will. I will. 
Yeah. I'm still it's it's still wild to me that he played himself in Futurama. That's amazing. <laughs> he was on 30 Rock. Yeah. <laughs> Mid-sentence he hears a whale. Trouble. He's he's often on uh Colbert and what's his name show to the uh the weekly show with John Oliver. John Oliver. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh Al. All right. <laughs> Gore, not Weber. Yeah. Um so what could have been? Yeah. So, all right. Um, yes. So we meet Tank Girl, Rebecca. She tells us about the Rippers, who are a group of violent rebels. She tells us about Water and Power. Uh, she tells us that the Rippers raid Water and Power stations. Uh, she's riding a water buffalo? Yes. Um, she goes back home to her commune uh, in the Australian Outback. Where they all I have like blooming onions. They they did the thing where it's like <laughs> like when they she like comes up on her house, then we'll shoot to how the house looked in the comics, mm. and then back to the live action house, and they they do that a lot, and I really like that. Yeah, they cut to animation or comic panels a lot. Um, well, which and I, like Al said, Hewlett drew, you know, stills specifically. So yeah, chicken chicken and egg. Yeah, no, stylistically, this film looks great. I love all of the animation cutting. I, I like how... It had a budget. It had oh, a budget. Yeah. It, it, it didn't seem hokey. The closest was the uh, Rippers, the Kangaroos. But like Brian said, it, it, they did a good job. They were high tech. What they had at the time. They were, yeah. yeah. They, Those, looked, they, were. they looked as yeah. good as 1995 could possibly have made them look. Yes. Yeah. yeah the sets... Yeah, anyways, it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we... Let's see. Uh, we meet, I guess, her boyfriend. At least a dude that she fucks anyways. Um, and we meet Sam, who's a little girl that uh, she is friends with. Um, then we cut to Water and Power. We meet Kesley, the head of the Water and Power. He's mean, and he does that thing where he kills one of his evil board members to show how yeah. mean he is. <laughs> Right. <laughs> in in the most drawn out, elaborate, cruel oh way. Oh my god. Well, and I'm I'm sorry, but what a weird flex to smash your own like video screens. <laughs> no, I was just thinking those have to be expensive, especially well, in a post apocalyptic world. So I didn't get I didn't catch it. At the very end he's barefoot also, right? right. Yes. Walking on the grass. Yes. Uh, on the glass. Was he always barefoot, or did we see him take his shoes off? Did I don't know, but what I found hilarious. Like an evil board meeting, and he's like, oh, sorry, boys, I've been resting my toes. What I found hilarious in that scene was he was barefoot, but wearing gloves. Oh, it was wow. like... <laughs> it's like, that's the opposite of uh, having sex with your socks on? Yeah. <laughs> his slippers ran up his body. Murder with, only, with, or murder with all your clothes and gloves without... Shoes or socks? Yeah. <laughs> Taking life. Yeah, it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It, yeah, it's, it's opposite. It's really yeah. important that I flesh this all the way out. Guys. I'm sorry. He went I'm into s- that meeting knowing that he was going to break glass with his hands and then walk on it with his feet. So <laughs> he planned it out. Yeah. Did he walk through the blocking of it? Do you think? He's like, okay, and I'm going to make sure that, that Jerry's at the far end. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make I'm him walk past the here. crowd, you know. That's why in the Untouchables, Al Capone walks around a round table. It makes more sense. Yes. <laughs> like, put that guy at the end. Well, that information was lost in the apocalypse. 
Yeah. <laughs> It'll take a few well, hundred years uh, to get back to round tables. What, what this I is find, just the future. What I find funny is the guy that he killed the whole time just had a look on his face like he was enjoying the whole thing. Like, I think he may be into, like, s and yeah, Getting murdered <laughs> fetish. <Yeah>. Um... <laughs> And he killed Daddy. him. He killed him because he had secured ninety-five percent of the water, and did not secure the last five percent. Yeah. So I would have totally uh, lied. I would just say yeah. we got it all. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the the most recent TPS report? Yeah, yeah. It's updated. Got a new cover letter and everything. There's five percent missing. How do you know? Five percent of what? Yeah, it's like fake it till you make it, <laughs> bro. Yeah, just, for real. Yeah. Just water. It's a bunch of water. I got all of it. Yep. So I, I loved how hammy he was as a villain. If I were you, I would have killed me. No. <laughs> now come here and kiss me <laughs> on the me. mouth. Like, He's got the I just have this what is in the French style. What is that giant knife? Was that made to like put like put clay on something? I don't what know. That? I don't pool? know, but also he didn't really use it because he just Nope. watered the dude yeah right. and it, it was, was like spade shaped it yeah um, that whole thing is like a screw the audience joke over and over and over and over and over and over and over again it's a weird way to like play the villain he's just that that weird kid from school that collected knives yeah. <laughs> he would just take him out and be like <laughs> 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 roll his hand around. One, one of my biggest realizations um, through doing this is like just how over the top villains in general are. How like just what dramatic bitches they all are. <laughs> and think of some of the really good villains that we've had. Like Killmonger is like the one that comes to mind immediately. Mm-hmm. He is theatrical but it's not his character. Right. You know? He's right. like, man, I'm just digging this mask. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just feeling like doing this dramatic thing is going to be helpful. Not mm-hmm. just like monologuing mm-hmm. and doing weird villainous things. Like they they serve the plot. It's yeah. interesting the the breadth of how bad villains can be. Yeah, absolutely. In, in this scene, we get the intro of the the like water, the the filtration thing that sucks the the moisture from your body the, the, and the hu- turns human it into water a little sippy cup. The, the human Brita. Yeah, the human Brita exactly. And then um, I realized then from the Siskel and Ebert uh, clip you showed that this was also the same year that Waterworld came out, yes. which had uh, the urine filtration system. Which is opposite so- the whole world's water instead of the whole world's <laughs> desert. Make up your right? mind. But it was all seawater. So, yeah, we were really, <laughs> for a moment, we were trying to think of how are we going to get water? Yeah. In 95, we were really worried about the state of water after everything collapsed. <laughs> and then we stopped worrying. And now we're like, whatever. Fuck it. Yeah, we realized the solution was stop worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. If we don't think about it, then we can all just... Uh, all right. The, the solution is to shop. Yeah, yeah just, exactly. What was Bush's 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 declaration after 9-11 he's like go out and spend your money yeah what go, go <laughs> shopping like don't let this normal yeah no no it wasn't yeah it wasn't like continue to vote become more involved in democracy it was like nope come on keep capitalism going 
Um, That's how we win. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to say that on theme uh, for this podcast, I am drinking water that was filtered from my dead enemies. <laughs> Good. Good. She has more than you'd think. It's it's better when they're your sycophants. You should try it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Some guy who just didn't fudge the numbers right now, he's fucking gone. Yeah. Um, so you, Show me the 5% I didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Water and Power attacks the commune. Um, everyone gets killed except for Tank Girl and Sam. Tank Girl gets captured. Uh, Kesley plans to use her to find and destroy the Rippers. This is incredibly dark. Yeah. Also, what's with the murder house in the middle of the desert? This is not covert at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a place to just get murdered with your friends. Also, like, like they, they, they built <laughs> like a, they built a Victorian style house in the middle of the Australian outback. <laughs> I, I assume it existed there. And the world is just full of sand. I get, well, yeah, because we see later on, it's like sand covered cities. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you skip the, the snip snip scene. Oh, yeah, Toby. Yes. Yeah. The uh, Toby. Um, the where he comes up upon her mm-hmm. and she's doing some dirty talk until she realizes yeah. to herself. I got to love an active imagination. Yeah. Because yeah. she thinks it's it's her boyfriend because she gave her boyfriend the army boots that she took off the dead dude. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, when she's getting sort of beat up after she's taken prisoner, there was totally like Harley Quinn vibes, just like proto Harley type. Oh, very Harley Quinn. Lori Petty would have been a great 90s Harley Quinn. She could have, yeah. Well, there wasn't one until the late 90s. Oh, yeah. Also in the scene, the like snip sip scene as she's standing guard, she's basically wearing like a clockwork orange inspired outfit. She has the bowler hat and then she has exaggerated eyelashes. No, no. Um, Harley Quinn was 92, Josh. That's when it. Oh, two. 92 was the first. Yeah. um, 92 was the first episode of uh, Batman, the animated series that featured her. First two. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, what year was Deadpool? Was that 91, 92? Also? I don't remember. Because um, oh. a lot of the writing of this reminded me of Deadpool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big, yeah. big vibes. Quippy. Yeah. Um, so the tank girl is enslaved in some sort of mine. What are they mining? It seems to be sand. Oh, hey, real quick. Uh, since you mentioned Deadpool uh, in the comics at the the bottom of the first uh page of any given story there was like a, a monthly deadpool and i don't know if they were referring to the character or just who's going to die that week hmm. or that month oh that's neat yeah like the clint eastwood deadpool yeah yeah um they had uh, a monthly soundtrack and a monthly deadpool hmm. and deadpool was created in 90 okay 90 uh, um while I'm thinking about it, there there were a lot of scenes where the the music, the score was very like Pink Panther type score. Mm. I don't mean just the Pink Panther theme, but from the movies that were, you know, the, yeah, yeah, that just like stood high, out. Hijinks kind of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was uh, Gr- Grim uh, Ravel. Gr- yep, Grim Ravel did the uh, 
the the soundtrack, the score. Um, we've talked about him before. Crow, um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, <laughs> <laughs> Crow City of Angels. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he he's 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 pretty well known. He's done a lot of movies. Um, so uh, she's Tank Girl's mining sand. It's that they're trying to dig down to the water beds. So she's like, so they're digging. And so she has to keep like bringing up the sand. Okay. Deeper and deeper into the ground. That makes sense. Aquifer. It's a really Um, inefficient way to do it. When uh, she has her first scene with Malcolm McDowell and he asks her like, uh, how many of my men did you kill? And then when they say it's eight, he has like a little rhyme where he's like, Eight, eight, the burning hate. So, did did he have a rhyme for any number? Like, now he's freestyling. <laughs> yeah, if it was nine, was it like nine, nine? That's over the line. <laughs> Seven. Why hey, did you kill Kevin? He, <laughs> yeah. he made a reference. <laughs> he made a reference to uh, the eighth day uh, between uh-huh. Sunday and Monday. Yeah, that's right. Darkest. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The one that the Beatles foretold. (laughs) (laughs) It's the murdering day. (laughs) Uh, um, So, yeah, uh, let's see. She's she's digging. She meets Jet Girl, who is a mechanic. Um, Jet Girl gets sexually harassed uh, by... uh, (laughs) by uh, not uh, John Travolta. I will say it's cool to have that be a villainous immediate signifier instead of it just being a thing that a dude does in a movie. Yeah. Like, right. oh, he's a bad guy. Uh, Obviously, he's it. a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Female I feel director. like it took a very long time to get to this point where that's like clear telegraphing of mm-hmm. he's the bad goon. Yeah. But this is bad behavior. It's gross. Yeah, uh, yeah. The '90s were definitely well, a little bit in the '80s, <laughs> a little bit, and then by the '90s, it was starting to be a thing. Yeah, it was just a thing that a bad guy did before. Now it's something that a character has agency to act against. Yeah, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, Jet Girl, Tank Girl saves Jet Girl from some harassment. Then, um, by kissing her, then they. Uh, Let's see, Jet Girl and Tank Girl become friends. She wants, Jet Girl wants Tank Girl to be less troublesome so they can get along. Also, the, the fascism thing, uh, how uncomfortable fascists are with uh, gay people. Yeah. I, I just love that that was an aspect of this where, oh, it's your girlfriend. Oh, whoa. Recoiling. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's, that's still effective to this day. Well, and I like the line of, I, or I think, I think. What was it? I think he bought it or. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. bought what? <laughs> but right. uh, then the conversations with Tank Girl and Jack Girl are like the making the point between like rebellion and obedience, because Jack Girl is saying, look, the better you behave, the better they treat you. Right. Um, and, and then you survive. But Tank Girl's like, but if you if if you keep going along with it, it'll never stop. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, which is fascism, you know. Yes. They, they 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 don't like nonconformists, which obviously queer individuals are nonconforming. So yeah, yeah. 
Um, step out of line, or else you prove anyone can step out of line. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Kessley. <laughs> That's why you got to drain the water out of the first motherfucker you see. <laughs> Take down the biggest motherfucker. Put a Brit on his shoulder. Uh, uh, Kessley tortures Dink Girl. Uh, puts her in a freezer. Pushes her down the. Puts her in the tube. Um. <laughs> Then, uh, after a water and power outpost gets destroyed by the Rippers, Kessley takes Tank Girl to lure the Rippers out into the open. Um, they put a tracking device inside her. Uh, then they get attacked by the Rippers. The fight does not go well for water and power. Kessley loses his arm, um, in addition to other things. <laughs> um, the doctor said his uh, face was completely gutted. Yes. <laughs> Although your face does not have he, guts. He might never see again. So so what you're saying is they took his face off. <laughs> his face off, yeah. Which was the fashion at the time. <laughs> do, do you know, Thoreau, was Malcolm McDowell like, look, I only got this many days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do two scenes and the rest I'm going to phone in. I was, yeah, because he was definitely not on set. That was not Malcolm McDowell anytime it was not showing his face. Like, because they set you up for like a big face reveal and then yeah. it was just Malcolm McDowell again, which we, right. you know, we find out it's a holograph, but whatever. Also, like, he was just not on set. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It was it was like Bill Murray in uh, Ant-Man 3 where it's like, yes. Like he disappeared after lunch. He just didn't come back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, let's see. Tank Girl and Jet Girl escape during the attack. Jet Girl steals a fighter jet. Tank Girl steals a tank. Um, which apparently a, the, the tank shows signs of sentience. It seems like it's an autonomous tank. It does for a moment, yeah. Uh, after they fix it up somehow yeah they fix it up decorate it um then we get an extended there are some overt cartoony things and i mean obviously there's lots of even panels of a comic book but i mean looney tunes-esque you oh, know yeah. cartoony shit especially her pretending to be different characters so easily so Bugs Bunny, -y. yeah, very much so. That's like the deadpoolness, like yeah, very yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, the way that her her hair and clothes change in a way that defies logic, like yeah, she'll Seems be in the same scene and suddenly yeah. everything's different. That yeah, <laughs> Mick Jagger level costume changes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> how did he do that? <laughs> Mick Jagger's like, listen, I warned you. If you start me up, I will never stop. <laughs> yeah, I saw him live and I can attest to that. There are parts of the movie where it's her, like, it's her scalp that is shaved off. And mm. then she just has the long hair, which makes the most sense, actually, for post-apocalyptic times. Because you can't wash your hair, so you don't want to get this nice shit. But then, like, then there's other scenes where it's the bottom of her hair is shaved off and she just has hair on top of her head. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, we get an extended animation sequence of them just being cool. Then we cut back to Kesley. He's back at water and power headquarters. 
Um, and James Hong shows up to give him a robot arm. I'd use my robot arm for good. So uh, all those all those soldiers died back at the uh, the facility. Um, uh, Kesley was very badly mangled, but Sergeant Small made it out unscathed. Yeah. Yep. It's all not the face. <laughs> um, was he was he hiding under a rock or something? <laughs> he hid in that tube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the girls go somewhere where they meet Subgirl. Um, I assume there was a deleted scene that made it a little less. Uh, it was an old uh, water park called Wet and Wild. Hmm. Um. That the the comic panel told me that. Uh, Subgirl tells them that uh, she fell into a vat of water slides and became Subgirl. <laughs> she fell into a vat of water. <laughs> a vat of water. It transformed her. Her own access chemicals. They never mention a sub. She says she's building an ark for when the rains come, so they just call her uh -huh. Rain Lady. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sub girl, Justin Hoffman as Rain Lady. <laughs> Rain Lady. It was it, it combined Tootsie and Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, so um, yeah, Sub Girl tells him that Sam is working at a sex club called Liquid Silver. Uh, so they go to the club, infiltrate it. And rescue Sam from a pedophile named Ratface, played by Iggy Pop. Um, they uh, did you in the the room where the 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 outfit room, yeah, where she's doing all the the costume changes. Did you notice the women in the walls? Yes, like they made real women stand in those walls, topless. Yeah, they did. They really huh. did. I, I thought they were fake at first, and then I saw one of them breathing. And then when they do the fast motion thing, you see them moving around quite a bit. Mm. <laughs> the wall chicks. The wall chicks. Wall the wall chicks. Um. Yeah. So uh, she makes <laughs> she makes the madam sing Cole Porter tunes, and we get a we get a whole kind of a Busby Berkeley. This yep. felt like Blazing Saddles all of a sudden. <laughs> Watch me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just stopped for a musical number. Um, Honestly, and it benefited the film. Mm. I, it's not often I that I stay. It. It, was a, the musical it was a fun number moment. Picked up the pace of the film and started to improve yeah. where we were headed. I like Sergeant Small or whatever his name was, but he... He's like, that sounds like Cole Porter. And then he says he hates Cole Porter. It's that like, was so nobody funny. Hates Cole Porter. Yeah, nobody hates, you can't hate Cole Porter. <laughs> like, you don't think about it or you like it. Yeah. I, I want to shout out just because I had not watched this in a while. Um, and and I actually, I this movie came out before I transferred school. So I didn't know Stacy when I saw this movie. And, and newer later, but she has this, she's so little, but she has this adorable delivery during the the musical number where she goes like, everybody! Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, everybody yes. starts. Everybody! And <laughs> nobody joins in. She was great every time she was on screen, too. She was. Yeah, absolutely. 
I don't know her, but yeah, it was funny to find out that you knew her. (laughs) Um, But smear. Yeah. But smear. Yeah. (laughs) I liked the peanut dick. Like that was a roast. Yeah. That was a roast. That was vicious. Yeah. I haven't seen your peanut dick either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during the number, water and power <laughs> troops show up. They break up the performance and recapture Sam. Like, immediately. She immediately gets recaptured. Um, Tank Girl and Jet Girl wander the desert searching for the Ripper's hideout. They <laughs> find it underneath the sand. They're underground. Um, initially, the Rippers, who we discover are half-man, half-kangaroo super soldiers... Created through a genetic experiments by a guy named Johnny Prophet. <laughs> okay, one of my favorite jokes. <clears throat> Ice T angrily is like, "How much did they pay you to find us? Two dollars and fifteen cents." <laughs> well, while they're on nitrous. <laughs> yeah, just her, yeah. De- her just committed delivery to that little improv line. It's just, well, I and love just it. being the subject of torture and having a laugh at every moment. Oh yeah. That's what I mean. There's the Harley Quinn-ness of it. Like, I don't, yeah. this is fun. This is fun for me. Yeah. Okay, so... The, uh, the girls uh, are passing the gas mask back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nitrous. It was popular. All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll say at this point why I lo- like what this movie... Cu- like, what I remember it meaning to me back back when I saw it as a adolescent girl um that like this movie blew my mind like i know that there were so many things there's so many things wrong with this as a movie like narrative all, all that shit but like seeing a female character a lead female character who was fucking badass who was sexual but not sexualized and who as opposed to like other femme fatales, like, you know, fucking Bond girls or Barbarella, like, didn't use her sexuality in a way of, like, oh, seducing men. She exploited the idiocy and exploitive nature of men to her advantage to then, um, like, gain power. And it was, I don't know, it, it was just something, like, just soul refreshing that I remember seeing and I fucking fell in love with. And anyone who like knows me, knew me in high school can see that like just uh, aesthetically, this movie had quite an, an when effect she's, on me. When she's first captured uh, and being transported on the plane, um, she offers an oil change. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then insults his manhood and snaps his neck with her feet. Yes. Uh-huh. Badass. Well, and no man is coming to save her. Right. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And at no point do you think there is. Right. And oh. she's she's never a damsel in distress. Like for all of the time that she is being tortured, being captured, she's always just like, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, no, this th- this is like the best version of that like m- like it's like a manic pixie dream girl who the riot girl yeah the riot girl but like it's like the manic pixie dream girl who exists just for herself it's like the best version of harley quinn without all the weird like joker subtext Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, also, and we had mentioned Courtney Love, how she could probably do this, but that was also her big thing where um, using sexuality to subvert sexuality in a yes. way to make men uncomfortable, you know, but bright l- red lipstick is a male fantasy, but not when Courtney Love or Tank Girl mm-hmm. use it. Same with the bleach blonde hairdos and shit like, you know, the feminine physique is sexy. So she's still sexy, but taking that like. I'm going to wear a dress. I'm going to wear nylons, but I'm going to cut them fucking up in front of you. And, uh, you know, and yeah. that, that haircut the- is intentional. It's supposed to make you question Absolutely. everything yeah. about it because femininity, so much of it is tied to the hair that people have on top of their heads like, for some reason. This idea of interrupting the male sex fantasy. Like yes. he's thinking he's trying yeah. to undress you with his eyes, but he can't get over how freaked out your hair makes him. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. specifically yeah. for fucking with the male gaze. Yep. Yeah, the exactly. whole fuck your beauty standard. Of, Jokes on of, you. I'm into that shit. Sorry. Of the whole thing. Yes, exactly. Yes, so were we. It's like um, she's wearing a slip, a satin slip, and army boots. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, it was big. Um, my aunt Maggie also loved this movie and was Tank Girl for Halloween the following year. And like That's did awesome. the like missile bra and everything. Nice. Like she like cut up footballs. And painted them. Painted them. But like well, even like the missile bra of like yeah. like male gaze too, at my tits, right? but like they are weapons. Right, the yeah. weapons, yeah. Yeah, the subtext of that is incredible. No, yeah. Keep staring. Uh, so I, I will always love this movie despite you know the bestiality and <laughs> but this is a, yeah, the, problems it has. Only- my only complaint of the kangaroos. This movie is a weird time capsule, and the kangaroos are part of that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's yeah. No, this movie is incredible in so many ways. The fact that it's not really successful as a narrative does it's beside the point. The uh, the missile bra was the first image of Tank Girl I ever saw, being the cover of uh, Dark Horse's number one. Yeah. So the first yeah. most people did if, if yeah over here yeah yeah it was just a, like. I guess the statement of I'm not for you. Yeah. Like I dress like this because this is how I want want to fucking dress. You don't like it. That's okay. Cause it's not for you. You. Um Right. It's not yep. it, it yeah. And also like the the it, you don't like the the <clears throat> so there was so much like um Sarah Connor basically has to give up her femininity to be tough. Um, mm-hmm. Same with Ripley from Aliens. But mm-hmm. whereas this yeah. was like, you can still be a woman, you can still be feminine, you can still be sexual without, and still yeah. also be tough. And Yeah. And, and then even in like her sex play with her boyfriend, which is brief because he gets killed right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, like she is in charge. Oh, yeah. And... And and also uh, in other movies, you know, like it would be that like that she would have been hung up about uh, the the boyfriend for like the entire movie, and right. it's just kind of like does yeah the price of the game in this well, yeah. yeah she's focused on saving the kid instead of avenging her boyfriend yes yeah she's never not in control 
Yeah. Even when she's captured, again, I'll say it's like a Bugs Bunny kind of captured. You know those scenes where like Elmer Yosemite's tying Bugs up and Bugs would get out of the tie to stand behind Elmer uh-huh. and give him pointers or even hold the knot so he could put a bow tie in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like not really captive, just yeah. playing along. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, all right, they make friends with the Rippers. <laughs> There's Booga. Donner, <laughs> T-Saint, and DT. <laughs> the Rippers. And additional Rippers. Yes, and others. Yes, see and the Rippers. <laughs> and the rest. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we all signed kangaroo NDAs. Uh, after making friends, DT sends the girls out to capture a shipment of weapons. Uh, they do so and bring the weapon crates back, but most of the crates Wait, are just how, full of how, sand. Wait, how do they do so, Thoreau? How do they capture the weapons? Yeah, you just glossed over that. Uh, over the whole thing where they... Where, it's hilarious, though, yeah, with your realness. Yeah. Coming at me with your realness. <laughs> where, so, Sean. Yeah, yeah, so it's driving, and she drives up with the tank, um... And There's the whole fun scene where uh, Tank Girl and Jet fake a calendar photo shoot. That's what yes, I'm talking about. Yeah. The yeah. Men of Water yes. and Power. Yes. With that. Hey, I will say, this movie nails it. You tell me one compliment, I will never forget. It's true. <laughs> no, th- those dudes. I carry that. Oh, right. Yeah. Those she likes years. me. Though, that and was a win-win situation. Those dudes will remember that forever <laughs> and they will cherish it. Well, and wait until they get the calendars. They can share them yeah. with their families, yes. you know, put them on the fridge. I thought it was hilarious that Tank Girl called Jet a different name every time <laughs> she addressed her. Just like She used four different fake names. Yeah. The assistant. Like, I don't even know my assistant. And they were all names like Shaniqua and LaShondra. No, Deshaun. It's, it's funny how well this aged. Like, yeah. I didn't. Ex- I, I saw this and I was like, oh, this is going to get really weird really quickly. And by the end of it, no. I was like, wow, you could have put this in a movie today and this would still be hilarious. Email oh, and everybody would and fucking empower- be talking about it. Like, yeah. 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 About how it's a feminist agenda and, you know, Hollywood wants us to look at women like people and all that bullshit. And this scene in particular, people, <laughs> people would be talking about how it's like drag race. Yeah. You know, right. like, oh, they're clearly referencing drag race. Like, no, <laughs> this is um, just the culture. Um, to Josh's point, like this way of capturing the weapons is uh, is very Bugs Bunny. Like yes. it's like I'm telling you that I'm here to do a photo shoot. Yeah, out of all my the models. Things. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, they're not making lemons with lemonade. They're making an airplane with lemonade. Well, and it's Somehow. one of those situations where you're so committed to the diversion that you sort of forgot to participate in your own plan. Yeah. <laughs> That's no, no. She, she's like, I got to see this calendar thing through. This is just too good a bit. Right. Because some of the pictures that Jet transmits aren't even up. Like, the idea was that she was going to be taking pictures of the weapons, but the then cargo. she just starts transmitting pictures of the dudes with their shirts off. Yeah. And the Ripper's like, what the fuck are we looking at here? This is the one time the kangaroos work for me. Their confusion as to what is happening and not being able to figure out that, like, oh, they're conning these dudes was really funny. They're like fish out of water, like, what? Yeah. And then yeah, the, seeing the, the characters themselves. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That worked. 
Totally. So um, the girls bring the crates back. Uh, they find mostly they're full of sand, but Johnny Prophet is dead in one of the crates. Um, I really this this subverted my expectations. I expected Johnny Prophet to be an important character, but it's important that the male character who is the savior up. dies off screen. Yeah, absolutely. That's just dead. Yeah, there's no. There's no great male hero that's going to come in and save everything. It's going to show up, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the Rippers grieve, and the girls and uh, the Rippers decide that they've got to go take out water and power themselves. They come up with sisters the are doing it for themselves. <laughs> yeah. The Rippers, who are the reincarnate of Jack Kerouac. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, what is it? Ice DT tea. is really into uh, beat poetry and jazz. Beat poetry. Yeah. Uh, uh, T Saint was a cop. Uh, yeah. Donner was an auto parts salesman, and Booga was a dog. He was a did dog. We, he was a good dog. Really I'm sorry. One. To them having three fingers or four fingers, they're like Simpsons hands. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um. But playing the saxophone with four fingers, I, like I don't know how Lisa does it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah, you know, need that like, that pinky to stretch. Yeah, but watching watching the abomination Reg Cathy uh, kangaroo man play saxophone was really weird. Yeah, seeing those foam fingers just just fumbling on the smushing, saxophone, smushing smushing yeah. down valves. Those yeah. kangaroo you, converse were kind of crazy though. Yeah. You can play all the, uh, yeah. the the natural notes on a saxophone with just three fingers on each hand, but okay. you can't do any flats that's, or uh, if you believe true, in yourself or sharps. You well, hit those palm keys. I'm sure there's an alternate fingering somewhere for a kangaroo man to express himself. <laughs> Look oh, at yeah, that. He's using kangaroo fingering. fingering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is some kangaroo fingering in this movie. Oh, there yeah, is. There is. Oh, oh, there's too much <laughs> of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, they sneak into water and power, but they get ambushed. Um, Kesley knew they were coming because, uh, as he reveals to Tank Girl, she had been bugged. But I thought All they like straight up her told in- her. Earlier? All over her entire body, he says too. I put microphones all over your body. Yeah. Like, not just on that tracking device that she knows she has. Yeah, she knew but she the, had the tracking device. I don't know. Well, she knew she had the tracking device, but the tracking device was connected to his watch, which was on his Oh, his arm. Which was on his arm that blew up. Okay. So she thought she was no longer being tracked. But probably what it is is that it was also connected to... I mean, you know, we don't need to apply It doesn't, yeah. It doesn't but, matter. <laughs> double tap. It doesn't matter. This is yeah. a... Yeah. Um... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, he's a cyborg now with a holographic head. Um, hey, that special the, effect was pretty cool. It was. The yeah. hand into the into the mouth. Yes. Mm-hmm. For 1990. thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that That's looked all. really good for a 1995 $20 million film. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like a Tron type. Yeah, uh, it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> there was a moment leading up to this battle scene where she's just trying to get like Jet to come come in on the comm, but she just says, Jet, Jet, what are you wearing tonight? Oh yeah. <laughs> I laughed for like a solid minute. Yeah. yeah. Jet, what are you wearing tonight? <laughs> she's so scatterbrained, it's so fun. Yeah, the irreverence. 
Uh, it was that the uh, lack undiagnosed ADHD that our generation? <laughs> the lack with. of like uh, concern, like because she's got ADHD, but she doesn't have the anxiety to go with it. No, you know? no. she's just no. sociopath levels of confidence. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, Bugs Bunny sociopath. Uh, I'm glad she's on our side. Oh God, if she yeah. were the bad guy, this movie would be terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so DT sacrifices himself, damaging the generator. Um, and uh, in the darkness, the Rippers turn the tide. Jet Girl kills Sergeant Small. Um, Kesley reveals that Sam is in the pipe. She's going to be drowned. So Tank Girl kills Kesley, then pulls Sam out of the pipe. Yeah, and this this is where we have the the sentient tank. Yeah. Well, that, and earlier too, when she was getting the the crates and the thing, like she was talking to it and it was moving on its own. There's a couple times. Right. She was she was riding on the turret. Uh-huh. Um, but this is when it like it looks sad because it's out of ammo. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. And she has to uh, load it up with giant beer cans. Yeah. Foster's that beer can cans. thing was very cool. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a cool touch. Yeah, killing with beer. Did she say this is a waste of beer or something? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Waste of good beer. It is. As as a guy, Especially who then when loves uh, beer a little too much, that hurt me. You know, you know that Eric Idle joke. What is uh, <laughs> what is Australian beer and having sex in a canoe have in common? It's fucking close to water. Yep. Uh, um. Did you catch all the cables that were visible in the fight scenes? It it was bad. Yeah. I didn't. Actually. Oh, I did. Oh, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, so many. Oh, they did. I was not. surprised on the, on you did rippers? it. You usually catch those, Brian. I, well, at this point, my eyes hurt from looking at those kangaroos. Yeah, the, the I, kangaroos yeah. had a lot of wires attached to them that were visible. Yeah, I was. I was just waiting for them to come on screen again. It was yeah. And they did <laughs> not have the money to digitize digitally take them out, which that. They were doing that in 95. T2 was the first one that did it. Um, yeah. They spent their money on holographic McDowell heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> but for home, not for the film. Yeah, for home use. Yeah. Um, so they celebrate their win, and the <laughs> film just stops. <laughs> we get an animated Point. sequence, and credits roll. Um, Allure. It's all water-based, this last animated sequence. Yeah, because they uh, they bust the pipes, and then in the animation, they go tank skiing off of a waterfall. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it should have ended with them, like, busting the pipes and, like, all the people coming out and being like, yay, we have water now. Like. Oh, yeah, and they could have made it taken- seem like. Kiesler or Kessler was hoarding the water, and it wasn't necessarily yeah. a, as much a drought as they were led to believe. But anyways, yeah, it was very abrupt. But sort of like Tank Girl herself. Very yeah. abrupt. Yeah, very abrupt. It just it just yeah. stopped. Yeah. I would have loved for it to be uh, Sam telling the story of Tank Girl in like a 
tank girl bright in a titanic type way Uh, like a utopian world though you know where it's like but everybody is oh right dressed like tank girl and driving tanks around and just oh that is my dream here that's what i'm trying to screw that's the future liberals want (laughs) (laughs) see the military industrial complex still gets its uh you know it's peace right yeah 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 She's like in like an arborarium and there's trees and everyone's got asymmetrical haircuts. And yeah. 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 There's a big statue. Like gay agenda. Yeah. That's, that's all we dudes. want. Give us what we want. Right. <laughs> Statues of Tank Girl. Yeah. On every corner. <laughs> no more Robert E. Lee. Just Tank Girl. <laughs> no, no Columbus. I would, yeah, fuck yeah. I'll take Tank Girl over those assholes any day. Oh, I've said it before. Uh, statues of fictional characters make way more sense to me than human beings. Actual people, yeah. But like, that dude was an awesome dude. <laughs> yeah. like, like, just some friend of yours, like Doug. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's all drive like, down Kevin. to the patent museum and then, like, put a tank girl on top of the yeah. tank. Yeah. That's in what, 29 Palms? Yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite spots. Uh, so yeah, that that is the film. That is Tank Girl. Um, do we have unanswered questions? I mean, no. Why kangaroos? I guess I don't know. Because they're in Australia. I want, yeah, I want back. Mad Max to just kill all of them, put well, all I'll, of us out of our mer- misery. You might be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but in in the comic book, weren't they j- mutated rather than part of a military program? Yes. Okay. Yeah, they they were just uh, just out in the outback, mutated. <laughs> like the outbreak monkey. The, Somebody the, did it. Just with. your run-of-the-mill <laughs> mutated kangaroos. <laughs> just your everyday common. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't have any other questions. I feel like... Of all the films we've watched that make the least amount of sense, this one calls for answers the least of any of them. Yeah. yeah you just accept it. And any any holes in the plot, you're just like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they spend so little time trying to create any sort of actual continuity. It doesn't matter. It's super unapologetic about it, too, which makes yes. it okay. Yeah. If it were trying to make any of this make sense, I would have so many questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, uh, so background-wise, uh, this Tank Girl was very dissimilar from comic book Tank Girl. Um, but one of the things I loved, they threw a lot of Easter eggs in uh, mm-hmm. for those who read the comics. Um, the sign that said Kant. Yeah, instead of Tank. Instead of Tank at that one point. Um, the, the stuffed dog that Booga is holding when we first meet him. Uh, that was from issue number four. Mm. Uh, it, it talked in the in the comics, uh, but yeah, just a lot of little things laying around. Uh, the The set designs and the costume pieces were um, very inspired by the it's comic book brought to life. Yeah, very much so. Um, I th- you said so. I think he was consulted with a lot Hewlett. That is, yeah, I think they were consulted a lot with even the writing, um, but uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the writing was ignored by by the execs. Mm. 
Uh, the the director style. said she and Martin and Hewlett were very in sync in the, until the studio made significant cuts to the film. Yeah, I think the studio may have messed up a fair chunk of how well this film made sense. So is there any uh, will or desire or effort to get another one of these made? Or have there been animated anything like this made? Or is this it? This is the one Tank Girl property that's not comic book. If this had been a series in the 90s, oh my God. It would have been like, we'd we'd still be talking about it like Buffy. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So it was reported in September 2019 that a reboot of the film was in early development with Margot Robbie's Margot Robbie's production company, Lucky Chap Entertainment, who yeah. optioned the rights from MGM. She wow. she has stated publicly that she'd like to play Tank Girl at some point. Is she Australian? She is. Or is she British? She's Australian. She's yeah. Australian? Yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, she is Australian. Yeah. So if... It's in Australia. She should actually be Australian. I love Lori Petty's voice. I could yeah. drink it in liquid form. But yeah. Margot Robbie with an actual Australian accent. That's wow. Bodhi. They call him Bodhisattva. <laughs> Two dollars and 15 cents. Yeah. So good. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I hope that happens. Yeah. No, yeah. I'd be down. Absolutely. I'd love it. I, I want Lori Petty to play a part in it that'd be great yeah. yeah yes um so that's about it for tank girl uh which means it is time to reveal that next week on harmless phosphorescence we will be watching barb wire another <laughs> 90s post-apocalyptic female-led film will it hold it's up as well as tank girl we'll see wow pamela barb anderson's barb wire yeah um, that's next week on a harmless phosphorescence. Until then, thank you everybody for hanging out with us. And listen, if you want to torture me, spank me, lick me, do it. But if this podcast shit continues, shoot me now, please. I'm your host, <laughs> Thoreau Smiley. Hey, it's been swell, but the swelling's gone down. I'm Josh CC. I'm Andrea Martinez CC, and I vote we get crumpets and tea. I'm Brian Lesh, and I'm going to go put my kangaroo suit back on. Failure to recycle bodily fluids is a violation. I'm Alaric Weber. It is. Uh, The secret the British don't want to tell you, crumpets are just English muffins. Bye. (laughs) We'll see you next time, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Happy Coronation Day. Ah. A man has sausage fingers. Maybe even you and I might do it. Let's do it. Let's fall in love.